You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. The first thing that's really important to remember is that our stories, yes, involve us, but they're not about us. And so when we are sharing our stories or um, sharing with someone what God is currently teaching us and showing us and working through the circumstances in our life, it's to point to God, not to point to ourselves. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, today talking about the Sunday message on Renew Your Strength. And I am joined by the dynamic duo, Jose and Taylor Abaroa. Thank you all for being here. Good morning, Taylor. Always good to be here. Well, let's jump right in. Jose, you had kind of a an empty slate to be able to pick your message for this Sunday. And so I'd love to kind of start off by thinking about kind of how you dove in, picked both the passage from Isaiah 40, but they even just came up with the three concepts you did. Yeah, so I've been in this chapter for a while this summer. I mentioned that a little bit during the beginning of the message that Isaiah 40 has been significant to me personally. It's helped me in my walk with the Lord and has also uh, been impactful as I have read it with others. And so look, at the message specifically on how to renew our strength before we go into whatever the fall semester looks like. I know for us, we're getting ready for school and uh, change of schedule. And so really important to renew our strength. Um, Yeah, so this chapter teaches us how to do that. And that's why I chose Isaiah 40. Awesome, awesome. Well, we had three kind of commands that were picked throughout this passage. And so I thought we'd just hit all three of them and go through them and kind of dissect each one. So the first one here is shout. And it's based on just this this concept that you said, share your story and read his story. And so I'd love to kind of touch on that. This is a common theme and messages, whether in our past series, we just went through summer series through Mark, as well as even just the Sermon on the Mount or United series, just this concept of sharing your story. It's so powerful, but again, something we can't stress enough. And so uh, one thing I think a lot of us may know, okay, share my story, maybe with those around me, what's gone on in my life. But but I'd love to kind of start by asking kind of what are some things that y'all think keep us from sharing our story? Because I, at least for me personally, like, yeah, that sounds great on paper, but there's times where I don't, either I don't want to, or I just don't think about it. So when it comes to just this idea, especially woven into the context of renewing our strength, what's so important about sharing our story and how can we be mindful of the ways in which we just we just don't want to? Yeah, I mean, I think there are definitely at times seasonally where I've done that well and where I haven't done that well. And I think overall... Um, there are hangups like wanting the other person's approval and wanting acceptance and maybe even being a little scared about um, receiving judgment either for hardships or trials um, that are a part of my story um, or that I'm currently in. Yeah, and we don't see people talking about God in everyday normal life. It's it's not happening um, every morning. Like, hey, what is the Lord doing through you today? That's not a question we ask often. And so the importance of us shouting is to make that more the mainstream inside of the church. So as we who do believe in God and are seeing him work, the louder we are about what he's doing, the more we're normalizing those types of conversations that God is a part of our life. And um, again, as we make him a part of our conversations, he, he becomes more real and other people are like, hey, I was actually you know, thinking about God this morning. So it's interesting that you uh, uh, mention that and and we give people hope. Um, We share the hope that we have inside of us when we share our story. 
Yeah, I just tag on real quick. Personally, I think about the times where I struggle with that is often when I'm not aware of how God's working in my life to begin with. Like that sounds bad to say in church or like in a certain context, but it's like, I'm just so focused on what's happening and what's in front of me and what my role is in the situation that I just completely forget like, oh, what is what is God doing in this situation or through my life? Some, some stories, yes, it's like very evident and clear and it's like the easy go-tos, but often in the day-to-day, week-to-week, it's if you ask me like, hey, what did God do in your life today or yesterday? It'd be like, I'd take a second because I'm not always mindful of that. And so I think even just having that posture is helpful. It helps me be more uh, ready and available to share a story that I think I was doing, doing in my life. And so uh, another piece of this that was on the shout was just even reading his story. Right, so right. I thought that was interesting. And then I'm seeing just in verse eight, it talks about the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. So I don't want you to speak on behalf of the author, but why do you think that's woven in here amidst this kind of both the all, just this idea of, how important it is to stay reading in God's word when it comes to reading and, and even shouting. Yeah. When we see what's going on around us and we see all the decay, we see hopelessness, we see what other people are shouting about and it's not positive. It's not reminding us of God. Then that's where we're reminded, Hey, everything that we need to know is written down on the word of God. That's going to stand forever. Think about how many seasons of, you know, how many different pandemics we know of in our human history. And then how many do we not know of because they just weren't written down or they're not in our history books. Yet the word of God has been true since the creation of the world and since the beginning of humankind. So the fact that God has given us his very word to go back to in times of trouble is huge. And it's also minimized when we don't talk about it, when we don't read his story. And so I think, uh, yeah, in the midst of all of the shouting going on in our culture, if we shout, not maybe, you know, beating people with a Bible. I'm not talking about that type of shouting, but I'm, I'm talking about, hey, this is what I'm learning about the Word of God. I, you know, this morning I shared a verse with you in 2 Corinthians that yeah. had, uh, popped up and it was speaking to me. That's the type of shouting that I'm talking about. What is the Word of God teaching you? What questions do you have? Share that with others. Yeah. And I, got, I think that God is um, really aware of our human capacities and the ways that we learn. Um, he made the human brain, and so he knows how we process and understand information. And so what I love about that particular verse is that he uses things that are around us already. Um, we've seen grass, we've seen flowers, and so we know that grass without rain, without sunlight will wither and and die. Um, and the same with flowers. And so I think there's some um, beauty in the analogy that uh, the author uses there that can be related to our lives. And when I read that, you know, for me, what stands out is just God's sovereignty and that he is the one who's in control. He is the one who um, holds all of the details in his hand, and he's kind enough to want us to participate in that journey um, with him, but he is the creator of heavens and earth. Yeah. Shameless plug for your devotional that was amazing this morning that captured a lot of those themes. So that's, yeah, that's, that's really good stuff. What would y'all say to someone that maybe wrestles. I know growing up in the church, there was an emphasis on your testimony and even just like practice it, refine it. Here's a certain time limit, try to keep it there. Like, you know, and and there's a good heart behind that for sure. But what about someone that's just like, I don't really have a good story or I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I compare to so many other stories you hear about from stage or, or just kind of growing up in the church. How do you kind of wrestle with even just that internal struggle of just feeling like um, I'm not, I'm not worth, my story's not worthy to Mm -hmm. share with, with others around me. 
Well, I think there can be a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves to share a story or even um, what God is up to in our life currently in a certain or particular way. And I think the first thing that's really important to remember is that our stories, yes, involve us, but they're not about us. And so when we are sharing our stories or um, sharing with someone what God is currently teaching us and showing us and working through the circumstances in our life. It's to point to God, Mm -hmm. not to point to ourselves. And so kind of taking that posture of humility is really important. And I think it's easy, depending on what your personality type is or the way that you interact with people to get caught on like, oh, I need to do step one, two, three, four, five um, and enable to get to the end goal. And I think it's way less about the steps and more about what the purpose is and sharing. And like Jose mentioned earlier, um, when you take those risks of just starting with a simple, hey, I wanted to share with you something that's been happening in my life. Oftentimes, um, that is from the Holy Spirit and the other person that you're talking to or group of people. Um, there's a reason for that. And so I think it's important not to get uh, stuck in a linear, you know, kind of pattern of thinking, but really um, trusting that there's purpose in, in sharing. That's really good, Taylor. i thinking of a C.S. Lewis quote. I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but it says something like friendship starts uh, when the other person says, you too, or, or, you know, you went through that and when there's that commonality. And we don't know what the other person is necessarily thinking or going through with God if they don't share with us or if we don't take that step and share with them. And oftentimes, that's what our stories do. We may not think they may be the most powerful or we've, we have heard incredible life-changing testimonies. And we're like, well, that I just accepted Jesus and I've you know been slowly growing in my faith. Nothing dramatic has ever happened to me. Well, the beautiful part about that is that that's your story. Mm-hmm. And and no one else has my story, Taylor's story, your story, Taylor. And, and so that's what's so beautiful is that God works through each of us and shapes our stories. I love what you said, Taylor. It involves us, but it's not all about us. It, it's about God and, and pointing to what God has done in our life. So um, I, I would just say, be real and, and start by asking, what has God taught me? What has got uh, changed in my life? Maybe a way that you thought that you no longer think in the same way, or, or maybe um, a struggle that you had with a certain sin, and then you handed it over to God and you received freedom and how that's changed the way that you live life. Those things that we all, saw, I mean, we all have the same story that We were sinners, and yet Christ died for us, and he gave us hope. He gave us freedom, and uh, we're changed because of that. So figure that. What what is that for you? And then, um, yeah, go from there. That's that's good stuff. That's really good stuff. Let's jump into the second kind of action item or command here. It's look up and kind of the, the extra notes here. Look to what is unseen or eternal and then just resting in him. And you kind of pulled a few passages, both in Isaiah uh, verses 12 through 26, but also 1 Corinthians 4. Um, I'd love to kind of unpack this a little bit because in the church, we think about look up to God or uh, even just like, you know, give things up to him. But, but practically, uh, what does that look like? like on a week to week basis how do y'all look up in your week and and what does that what does that kind of just look like on a practical basis maybe for someone that 
they hear that and they're like, yeah, that sounds good. But actually, what is that? How do I change my life because of that? Yeah. So those 14 verses point to um, how awesome God is. And uh, that's why I mentioned the cathedral. I don't know yeah. if you've been to a cathedral like in, in Cologne, but when you're there, you sense this awe that, wow, God is so big and I'm so small. So I think it's just that sense of awe. Um, and, and we can do that in many different ways. Uh, you can go outside and look at, you know, creation and, and nature and say, wow, that this is really, really amazing that the Lord that created this also created me and is here with me and is for me. So um, I, for me, it looks a lot of different ways, but I think it's that intentional pause um, throughout my day that I have to remind myself, hey, I'm, I'm going from A to B, but God is right here with me. I don't need to, you know, prove anything. And, and then sometimes more than others, I do sense that awe, that reverence of the Lord, which is beautiful. Yeah, I think pause is a good word there. I mean, life can get busy and days can get busy hours and then it kind of can turn into a snowball. And so to me, when I hear looking up, I, I do think and relate that to pausing and just taking a second, whether that's the first uh, moment I wake up or midday or at the end of the day or all three um, and just remembering who God is and um, with that, who he made me to be and recognizing again, his sovereignty and how he is the one who is in control. Yeah, that's really good. I think something I hear both of y'all saying, both in this answer and just even from the shout piece, is this role of humility and how that posture plays such a, a pivotal role in this passage and just in life in general. And uh, I think for someone on a spectrum where I'm on one end where I need to hear that, I need to think about, okay, yeah, I need, I'm not God and I can kind of have that complex sometimes. So I need to work towards that humility and that posture. But what about for someone that's maybe on the other end, this idea of looking to God and being so small, they feel like they're too mm. small or God is too big and there is such a huge gap there. Maybe that's someone's one's approach to, to God. So what would you say, how would you maybe encourage them or what would that look like for someone that's like, yeah, I can look up to God, but there's just a, a big gap there, whether that's from their own personal history or just their own viewpoint of who God is. Yeah, the focus there could be in, in uh, thinking about the beauty of the gospel, uh, the simple message that Jesus came to us. We read it last week uh, where his friends abandoned him. He was uh, alone and was even uh, forsaken by the Father on our behalf and that's what he has done for all of us. That's the love that, that he showed each of us. So yes, he is awesome and great. I mean, I remember growing up thinking this, growing up, uh, you know, go to church and thinking that God was very distant because I was aware of my sin. I was aware of his holiness, but it's the gospel that bridges that gap and uh, the recognition that there's nothing that I could do to earn his love. He did that because he loves me. And the more I think about that, the more it draws me deeper into our relationship with him. Yeah, if I think about, you know, earthly relationships, um, sometimes with other people that you don't know well or that are different than you, um, you can feel that distance. And, uh, you know, if you start to build a relationship and get to know the other person, it's amazing how that distance feels shorter and shorter and shorter. And so I, I think there's some correlation there between um, how those relationships work and how our relationship with God 
works. And so my encouragement would be to get to know God. And that sounds like such a simple and maybe even a daunting answer, depending on where you're at, but taking really little steps of praying and um, even admitting to God, I don't know how to do this, but I want to get to know you. Um, Reaching out to a friend, finding a community group to get involved in, finding someone who is a few steps ahead of you that um, is willing to mentor or disciple you you know, can really be instrumental in closing some of the the felt distance Mm -hmm. and furthering connection with God. Yeah, both of those answers are so, so good. Okay, so here we got the third point here, which is trust. And Jose, I liked how you kind of mentioned that different uh, Bible versions or translations have this word kind of differently. So there's trust, but then there's hope, and then there's wait. So I'd love to kind of first just ask y'all, how are all those tied together? Because I've heard messages on each of those three separately, but just this kind of closing concept in Isaiah 40, what is so important about seeing how those are both connected and then how do we kind of live in accordance with that? Yeah, if I were to rephrase this in the message, I would say that when we trust God, we're putting our hope in Him, and then we're choosing to wait. We're choosing to say, hey, it's not on my time. Uh, uh, I, I am I'm submitting my timesheet, my expectation to you, and yet I'm expecting whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And they are really beautifully interconnected. And I did go into a deep word study of the Hebrew word kava that didn't lead me many places. That's why I just kept it uh, abroad because the Holy Spirit's so faithful when we read um, his word to teach us individually what he wants us to trust him with or, or wait on him for. So that's, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when we are waiting on um, something to change in our life, we're seeking um, God's help in something, you you use that substituting word there of trust. And so I think each of those three different components kind of can be made up into that word of trusting, um, which helps me when something comes my way or when I'm you know, trying to figure out how to proceed in something like, okay, I need to wait. I need Mm -hmm. to hope. I need to, and just giving me a better vernacular of what it pragmatically could look like to trust God in that, in that time. And it's so counterproductive, right? Because normally if we want something to happen, if we want to strengthen our bodies, our minds, if we want to be successful at something, um, when we put hope in our ability to do it, we Mm -hmm. trust in our you know, self, and, and then really we're waiting on us. It's up to us to, to accomplish those things. And so the fact that God is teaching us, well, if you want to renew your strength, actually acknowledge your weakness, that you do get tired, you do run and, and get weary, but when you trust in God, that's how you renew your strength. I love how counterproductive that seems and yet how powerful that truth is. Yeah, and you closed out the message referring to Psalms 37, and I love just verse seven here. It says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently on him to act. And I know both of y'all and y'all are very busy and yet you both, I feel like do this really well as far as just being able to be still. And you also recognize both through your own person and then just relationship and the people around you, how important it is to be still. So mm-hmm. what does that look like in y'all's lives? And maybe 
like someone more on my end that's like I just being still is is just very hard or at least just that concept there's so much to do so many people to see and so how do you you know both the significance of being still but also how do how have y'all done that both in in your own individual lives and even just in your marriage <laughs> well I think that um the way I work is I I love a good to-do list. And so if I do not have good discipline and if I do not set good boundaries for myself and um, the outside world, then I could continually add things to my to-do list to need to check off. And so what I've really tried to practice and and instill in mainly through just being disciplined um, is knowing like, okay, now is the time where I stop and um, having clear lines there and with intention of, okay, I'm going to be still um, now. I mean, there's always laundry that could be done or uh, things that could be picked up or cleaned, work that needs to be finished. Um, but I think the words there for me are intention and discipline. Yeah, that's really good. And and I'll go back to that word that we both said, the pause. Uh, it's intentional pause throughout the day. It's not just at the beginning or in the middle or at the end. It's really throughout the day because it's awareness that God is the one that's making things work. It's not up to us. He uses us. And that's a, an amazing thing that the God of the universe wants to bless others through people, uh, broken people, <laughs> imperfect people, people that hurt one another. Uh, that's how mysterious and awesome as his plan is. And so the stillness comes at the awareness that it's it's not us that's making this work. It's God mm-hmm. who who is working through us and strengthening us as we go about our lives. So I don't know if anyone listening, if you have something that you are waiting for, maybe an expectation, maybe uh, something that you're excited about that you want to work towards, I would say a good first step is to just take this moment to pause, be still, Knowledge that God is with you and is working for your good and um, wait on him. It's not easy, but it's the best decision you can make. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.